Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rachel's Rants. We're currently on episode three of the Unsolved Mysteries series, and uh, this one is my personal favorite, or least favorite, I guess you could say. Um, least being because, I mean, of course, these are all unsolved mysteries, so the fact at the end of the story about what I'm going to tell you is a little haunting, I guess you could say. But uh, this is called The House of Terror, and uh, Netflix gave the description of when the aristocrat and his entire family disappear, the authorities unearth something horrifying. Um, at first I was like, oh, maybe like they were murderers and they, like, they hid bodies, but um, you're gonna find that it's actually not the case, and uh, something else even more terrifying actually happened in the house. So, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hey guys, thank you all for listening in so far in this episode. After a quick break from our sponsors, we will get back into the podcast. Let's get into the story of the House of Terror. Now, one thing I have to note about this episode, if you are going to watch the series or if you watch the show, it's the lady was talking in French. The whole thing was in French. They all spoke French. Are you kidding me? I don't speak French. If, like, without the subtitles, I would have been horribly lost. But, I mean, obviously, they give it to you. I'm not that dumb. But, um, I just, I think it's always harder when you're following along with the story because then you have to, like, read even harder. Um, with subtitles with, like, when it's normally in English, um, I personally don't have as many struggles because I can hear it and almost, like, read it at the same time. So I don't have to worry about that. But when it's in French and I don't know anything what they're saying... I find it a bigger struggle to read super more like diligently and then barely get few images um, at the same time because I'm not that good of a multitasker when it comes to certain things that I like to focus on, especially when I know that I'm going to be taking notes for these episodes. But um, into the story, uh, let's get into that. Something that they noted was that the house of this family was always open. They were a very open family. Um, they, it was lively and very busy in this household and seemingly golden family. But um, more in the recent time and the time that it happened, which is around 2011, um, it was shut up. So like none of the windows were open and the doors were locked. Um, there was a normal thing. It was just a normal family, but uh, no one knows what was going on behind closed doors, and that's the case for anybody. No one really knows what's truly going on behind anyone, no matter how golden or perfect they may seem. Um, this tick, this tick, this took place in Nantes, uh, Nantes, France, and it was a uh, quiet and peaceful uh, religious church. Uh, they were church-going. Um, um, town. It was very peaceful. Nothing was really chaotic. No um, cr crazy stories, I guess you could say. Um, my words are just very sparse, I guess. Um, but until the uh, Lepavant murder happened, um, I believe that that is the family name. I believe that's how you say it. But um, then it grew to have the name of the House of Terror. Uh, no one saw it coming and it was known to be unimaginable. Uh, after 2011, it became a tourist spot, but no one really knows what actually happened, um, and they still don't know to this day, but they do have a very, very strong inclination on what did happen, but there is no physical proof. So, let's get into the day of. April 11th, 2011. Uh, a friend had a bad feeling, and the house was all closed up with um, the mailbox with a note saying, um, in French it said, stop leaving the mail there, and like, 
the shutters are normally open, but everything was all closed up. It said don't deliver mail here, mail here anymore. And so the neighbors were thinking that's a little bit weird because they were so like well known to be so like open towards everybody, like towards the public and everything. And then on April 13th in 2011, the police checked the house because they were pushed, like the uh, parents were and friends were concerned. They were like, yo, can you go check out this house? Um, this family is always normally open. You know, there's no concerns. Uh, everything is pretty much perfect all the time. And they were like, yeah, for sure. So uh, then they went to go check it out. They got a locksmith to open up the door and nothing was out of the ordinary. Some sheets were off of the beds, like torn off the beds. Um, and missing and then the closets were open with very uh, little to none clothing inside so it seemed as though they had all been um, gone like they had like moved but then there was still like stuff there so it just seemed that maybe they just packed and like took a little trip I guess you could say um, the only car that was gone was a C5 uh, Citron and the family was big enough where they all couldn't fit in that car um, because there was the bags, the six people in the family, and then the two dogs, and it was just really odd towards people that they were following, that uh, that were like studying and following along with this case. And they were noticing that um, it just none of, none of it really made sense because all of them were missing, but only since only one car that could really only fit maybe four or five people in um, couldn't take two dogs, which were like German shepherds, or like a bigger dog. Um, six people and then their bags and all their stuff on top of that. So no nothing was really fitting into the puzzle pieces that they were like trying to display. Um, so then at one point they thought that the neighbor or friend was crazy because they kept pushing uh, for the police to come back. Um, then all of a sudden several days later letters started to um, arrive from the uh, family the names were Xavier and Agnes and they were all addressed to their friends and family but with like no like return addresses which I thought was a little odd uh, because you know it really was just showing that uh, they didn't want anybody to find them um, and it said some of like the letters really contain um, well as you know um, I've had links with the US and then it starts talking about all this crazy stuff and it's like we are being looked after by the American government. Americans have recruited him to infiltrate the an, an international drug ring. Um, I was really, I was really lost at this because like, uh, not only, like I said, it's in French, I'm reading the subtitles, I'm trying to see the picture behind all of this and I'm really just trying to keep up. But um, from what I got, I, I, it, it seemed um, a little out of the ordinary, but um, and they also noted for them to not contact them. They're going to be gone for a while, but they were protected. Um, and like the spy for the U.S. drug squad, um, a DEA. Um, it's not unlike Xavier to just uh, up and leave, but um, where he went and like why he was there was a little peculiar to them and the friends and family. Uh, the family is crucial to Xavier. Xavier really just loved his family. He was the father, so um, in case you got a little bit lost on that, but um, he was family was very crucial to him. So it seemed a little bit weird for him just to be leaving with this whole family out of the blue. Um, Xavier dated um, Agnes for one year, and then she had a baby with another man. But then they got married. So the relationship behind their whole family is a little bit weird. And who knows, maybe he got mad at something or maybe she cheated on him at one point. I'm not really sure. But um, Martin, who is a really good friend, told us about that during the show. This whole episode may be a little bit wishy-washy, wishy I guess you could say, mainly because of how... Um, 
quickly turning this story became from from like minute to minute i guess you could say um because then on april 15th as the police like they keep pushing for the police to um go check on this house because nothing was seeming normal so then the police returned to the house um the pictures were gone but then again nothing was out of place so then their third visit on the 18th nothing their fourth visit on the 19th nothing the fifth visit on the 20th nothing now here's where the plot thickens and it and the plot turns on april 21st 2011 they find something underneath the old terrace what they find is horrible and it's horrifying um the police that were discovering it that were uncovering it they moved the dog bowls and they found a piece of wood and they lifted up this piece of wood and they found trash bags bound with tape and obviously i'm watching this and i'm like oh well they found well they found people like you know there has to be dead bodies but i wasn't sure who would be within the bags i guess you could say um i wasn't really sure but um they found the bodies they were discovered underneath the terrace and it was a massacre um they were wrapped in duvets and blankets each with a religious piece like a rosary candle a cross it was almost like it was like a religious burial which i thought was even weirder like he was burying them but like he still respected them um i guess you could say and so the people who were discovered it was agnes the wife and three of the children they were all found so there were four children but only three of them were found um buried and that was arthur benoit and anna and then the two dogs so this whole family is pretty much gone the whole family is deceased um and then they noticed that there was a separate grave for thomas but another weird thing, Xavier also isn't there. So, bam, instant suspect. I mean, I don't blame anybody. That's the first thing that anybody would come to think of if that's the only person who did not get killed out of a family of six and five of them were gone, including their two dogs. So it seemed very suspicious. Um, so he immediately became a suspect and then an international warrant was released. Um, Xavier was known as a good man and a friend and he loved his family so nothing really seemed like you know it didn't really seem that he could be a killer didn't seem that he could do commit murder but when they were doing like just the whole story was it was throwing me off because of like all the good things that people were saying about him but I mean the more as the story goes on in the show you really see that maybe he isn't such a golden boy I guess you could say uh, the kids, they did a drug test on all the children to see uh, if they had any um, anything in their systems. The kids had sleeping pills in their systems. So it seemed as though um, Xavier slipped sleeping pills into their food or drinks, maybe, um, to knock them out uh, harder than uh, just a normal sleep. Um, Agnes had a sleep, um, sleep apnea, I think that's how you say it, sleep apnea machine. Um, that had um, time stamps on it so you would see certain things like if it stopped so it, it said that it stopped at 3 a.m. and so that basically means that um, she died around 3 a.m. and so it was known that they were they were pretty much I think they were all killed with two shots uh, to the head from a uh, from a 22 long rifle um, no sound of gunshots. Nobody heard it. Nobody saw it. No one. No one knew anything. It was like it was like it happened, but it didn't happen. Like if that makes any sense, there was no witnesses, no proof as to that actually happening. There was no blood anywhere. Not even a trace. There was zero blood out of all five victims. Um, they were all killed in their sleep. 
So, I mean, it would happen at night. Nighttime is very quiet, especially in this peaceful town with nothing really going on. So you would think that somebody would hear something, something would have happened, like people would have been like, oh, well, I did hear something suspicious in the night. But no, nothing, nothing, no hints, no evidence, no little, no little trace of anything. And I think it's very weird, um, a little odd, not even a little, a lot, a lot odd, I guess you could say. Um, there's no DNA, no fingerprints. And now this 50-year-old man, Xavier, a husband of four children, he's now a killer. He, um, he's known to not really lead a life that he's pretending to. He, uh, something about him in the early 2000s, uh, they tried to go to Florida and failed. It was basically a failed American dream. Um, and due to this, they became bankrupt for about 10 years with financial issues, but says that he was, but he lied and said that he was like a successful and traveling businessman. So basically, he was lying about his past and lying about his true um, issues in life. Um, let's see, I wrote down a little note. He doesn't want anybody to really know about his failures or discover um, anything about his past. Because, I mean, I guess you could say it would be embarrassing if um, you were bankrupt and everybody around you is doing so well in life and it's all because you tried to go to Florida but couldn't. And so basically, you did have the failed American dream um, that you couldn't complete and failed at attempting to succeed at. So, I mean, obviously not really telling anybody, I feel like would be a choice that some people would make, but I don't know. It seems like his issues were so severe for about 10 years with financial issues. I feel like you, he would have at least told somebody. Um, I mean, he obviously did cause people knew about it, but, um, I feel like it would be something that he wouldn't lie about as much cause maybe he could get help from those, um, around him. But, um, before, like, back to the story, you know, we're trying to figure out what's actually, like, happening. We're trying to see who did it, how they did it, where they got the gun, uh, who bought it, how they, stuff like that. Like, the little details. We're trying to put the puzzle pieces in place. I, it's just all over the place right now, so we're trying to put it together, trying to make it all neat and organized. So in January, around January 20th in 2011, about three months before, um, before the, everything really happened, I guess. Um, his, Xavier Fathers uh, dies. His name was Hubert. Uh, that was the end of his life. Um, and so Xavier, I think he gets the Count Signet's ring. Um, and then he also went to go see if any money was set aside. Like I said, he was dealing with some massive financial issues. Um, but really, I don't think he got anything. He didn't get anything, but he finds a 22 caliber long rifle. Now, if you don't remember from me saying this a few minutes earlier, that was the gun used to kill his whole family. Now you're like, oh, well, he definitely did it. Like, you know, like, think about it. He has the gun. Since he has the gun, that's, that's the one that he did it. Easy, easy as that, like, case solved. Um... And so, I mean, that could, that easily is majority of the time that is the case. But I mean, that's they couldn't just immediately say, oh, well, he did it, and then just be done, put it away. They had to find more behind it, and they had to see what was really happening, because you know you can't file in a case to be solved when it's not necessarily solved in all elements. Um, and so, something about Xavier, he didn't really smile. Um, he had this, like, dark look in his eyes when talking to, like, his, like, family friend. I, like, more, like, in, like, the recent, like, times before the whole murder happened. And, like, he was, he just seemed very odd. Um, wasn't as very warm as he used to be. 
just I just I mean odd behavior always leads to odd actions or something bad um, that's personally like what I believe if somebody's acting off you should always like always like talk to them see like what's really going on um, in February towards the beginning of February around the 2nd in 2011 he gets a firearms license now this means that he can legally have a gun hence um, he can leave legally have this 22 long rifle that was his father's um, Xavier Dupont the Oh goodness, I can't say his last name. Um, Leoness, I guess. That's that's um that's what I'm gonna call it for now. He had no interest in weapons before his father's death. Um, he had like no interest in like being violent. He didn't really want these weapons. But then, then all of a sudden, once he once his father passed away and once he got the father's rifle, um, things I guess just immediately changed. Um, around March on the twelfth. Uh, 2011 he bought a silencer and this silencer is where uh, when shooting a gun it does not you know the classic um, classic sounds on cartoons or anything you know see like the, the pop or the pow um, the silencer makes the rifle um, silent I no kidding I mean it's called a silencer for a reason but um it's not to like alert the neighbors that something is wrong um, and it's kind of just everything. So now everything's put into place. He bought the silencer for the rifle that he had the license for from his dead father. So now, you know, uh, dealing with a death and grieving can lead into um, horrible mood swings sometimes. So um, I guess it's probably set him off into rampant rage, I guess you could say, having him acting weird. And then he gets this gun, he gets the license, and now he's thinking maybe his family did something to him. Maybe they betrayed him on something and then he decides that he's going to buy a silencer and he's going to plot to kill his whole family in the night. Um, and, I mean, everything's adding up. But the one death that they really just can't figure out is Thomas. Because Thomas, like I noted, was buried in a different spot. He had a separate grave from his whole family. Um, he was killed differently. Um, they believe that he was killed on a Tuesday when everyone else was killed on a Monday. So basically, you could see that the father hesitated to kill um, Thomas. He hesitated because Thomas, I think, was his favorite son. Um, he favorited that uh, child more than um, the rest. And um, he was the heir. He was the heir to his family because um, Xavier was part of a well-known royalty uh, family. And so his son was the heir because he was like the firstborn to Xavier. Um, on April 21st, they hadn't seen them since April 4th. The police are on a huge search for Xavier. Like I said, it was like an international like wanted list because he's believed to have killed his whole family, five people and two dogs. So basically that can account for about seven different lives because I mean, they're all living, breathing creatures. So seven lives that he has taken away. Um, and so now he's wanted because he's a murderer. Um, and so on April 4th, it was the night of the murder. On April 5th, Thomas was killed April 6th. Xavier is seen outside of his house, all alone, um, leaving his house, um, really not, not doing anything, uh, not talking to anybody, not with anyone. And then on April 10th, he leaves Nantes, the town that he is from, um, and he goes to um, a place called La Rochelle, I think is how you say it. And he's basically, he's on the run. You know, he's getting away from the murder that he just committed because he doesn't, I don't think he really wanted to be too close to getting caught. 
But he, he's like I said, he's on the run, but he's not sprinting. That was a note that I took down. I thought that was very important um, that they said he's on the run, but he's not sprinting. So you could run a mile, but you don't have to run it in a fast time. But if you're on the run from something that's horrible that could easily put you in jail for the rest of your life, um, most people would be on the run forever and they would be going pretty fast. They would be speeding through it to get away as fast as they possibly could. But he was not. He was not doing that. He wanted to be seen. He didn't care. Um, compared to the murder, he just, he didn't really care. Um, after he, I think he realized that the murder was discovered, um, he didn't necessarily care too much who saw him, um, or whether he was seen on cameras. He used his credit cards, like filled up cash, I guess. Um, he was doing all these things that, where the police were able to find him in a way. Um, he traveled to see the places where he had the good memories in life, which I thought was a little weird. Like, they were talking about this. I mean, I guess if you're, if you went out with a bang, you might as well go visit all the good things in your life. Um, and so he, um, he went to go visit all those places that he had good memories at. Like, it was a final goodbye. Um, and so he, um, they see him walking by in a parking lot towards like the end of his journey um, with a rifle and a bag of clothes. Now this rifle is the 22 long rifle that they believe was used to kill his whole family. And so they see him and it's in like a parking lot of like a motel, a hotel I guess? Motel, hotel, something of the sort. And so they see him out walking there and um, that's on about April 15th. They see him on the security camera. Um, on April 22nd, the police search um, this wilderness um area they were like looking for anything it was in like this like um desert um area very vast very uh polluted with plants but it wasn't like a rainforest kind of plant it was more just like brush um weeds uh anything i guess you could see in a desert some cactuses and they were like looking for him because he was in like this like uh, cliff area um, was like, he's, he was seen like walking off into the distance, um, almost like at the end of the movie, like when they're walking into the sunset. Yeah, that's what he was doing. He was walking into the distance towards the mountains. And so they're like, oh, well, after he did this, he had the rifle with him. I guess he's going to go commit suicide. I guess he's going to end his life. And so that's what the police were believing. They were like, oh, this is great. Um, now, you know, we got him. Like we know where he is. And so they took a little bit of time to go get him. They took a little time, um, once they saw him on the security camera. But um, his body was never found. And so when you believe that somebody has committed suicide, obviously you should be able to find the deceased body. Um, because, you know, it should, it should be there. Um, nobody's really going to move it, especially when he's by himself. Um, and so they were never able to find the body. They searched for a long time. Um, they thought that he had killed himself, but um, he actually didn't. And so... He really fooled them all. Um, he fooled me because I thought that I believed the TV show. It's called Unsolved Mysteries for a reason. I mean, you, I mean, I would think that obviously it would be unsolved. At the same time, I'm like, oh, well, maybe this one, like it was, it was solved, but not really solved. So that's what I was thinking. No, 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 it's completely unsolved because they were never able to find the killer, which is a little unsettling. And oh my gosh, unsettling. Um, at the beginning of the episode, I also did note uh, that. The ending was like gonna throw you for a loop, and that uh, I thought it was a little horrifying, um, and that's because the guy is still on the loose. He may have passed away. I mean, he it, it was in 2011. Who knows? 
no one really knows what happened to him. No one's seen him since then. I mean, they're still probably looking for information. Um, and so I was just like, what? You're telling me that this guy killed his whole family and his pets and then he went on the run, but not on the run fully. He just kind of did a walk through and he took his time and the police never got him, like caught up to him. They never, never got him. They searched for him, couldn't find his body. And now this guy's on the run in a peaceful way. He's on the run in a peaceful way. He is, um, he's chilling. He's probably sitting on the beach at this point just because nobody's really searched that hard for him because no one knows where he went. I just, I think it's crazy because he deceived them for as long as possible. Um, and then just to lead them on a wrong path, just to trick him in the end. Um, and so I think I, it's just, it's the whole story is crazy. Um, but they, he deceived them as long as he possibly could. And then once he realized that they found the bodies, they discovered his, what he had done. He went on, I'm not even going to say on the run. He went on the walk. Um, not even a walk of shame. He was just, he was vibing. He was just chilling, leaving, leaving the scene, um, walking down the street, going towards the mountains. And that was pretty much it. Um, it's just, and no one knows where he went. No one, no one even, I mean, no one really even has a clue. Now, two of his closest friends, uh, fam like separated family from one person, they believe that he went to Latin America, like because he always talked about going there. So, uh, if he's in Latin America, I guess it's a little little far away from me. So I guess I'll be fine, and uh, my nightmares will subside, especially after I watch that episode. I hate when um when you find out the people who did it or may have done it are still like on the run, and not necessarily on the run for this guy. He's just out there. They were, he was just he was never found. So it's a little unsettling. But um, besides that, I mean. Uh, I thought it was a really great episode. Um, for getting away, he had a lot of, like, ways to get away. He, there was the ocean, there were mountain paths, there were trains, there was the highway. All of that he could have used to get away. And no one would have suspected anything. Which is just, it's just crazy. Um, he's just, he's still out there and you're telling me no one's been able to find him for, um, I think it's been nine years? Yeah, for nine years. I think that that is so crazy like what the heck like you guys haven't been able to find them i don't know if they stopped really searching maybe they gave up maybe they had bigger cases to solve which they probably did but at the same time i mean he killed he killed his whole family i feel like he should be found but um besides the fact that he's on the run it was um it was a great episode but um thank you all for listening in to this uh more of an unsettling episode of the unsolved mysteries series so thank you for listening in today, and uh, I will see you guys next time with episode four. Bye.